host, Anna Danino, and welcome to episode 13 of the Crime Bistro podcast. This show gazes into the thrillingly twisted world of true crime, examining real cases while we share in a passion for crime and coffee alike. For this episode, I'm enjoying an iced black coffee, so grab yourself a fresh brew and let's get into the creepy case of The Watcher. The case of The Watcher follows the infamous horrors faced by the Broadus family as they moved into their Westfield, New Jersey dream home in 2014, only to receive letters from an anonymous individual who claimed their family had been watching the home for generations. The family found themselves in an impossible situation, unable to sell the home once the rumors of the watcher spread, and unable to move in out of fear for their children's safety. To this day, while multiple theories have been investigated, the watcher has remained anonymous, and for all we know, they could still be lurking outside 657 Boulevard. Derek and Maria Broadus bought the now-famous property at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey on or about June 2, 2014 for $1,355,657. The couple considered this to be their dream home. It was close to Maria's childhood home as she had grown up in Westfield, only blocks away. The home had a spacious layout and its location was supposedly the 30th safest city in the U.S., The biggest town gossip before the Watcher case was the roof collapsing at a local Trader Joe's. According to The Cut, residents viewed Westfield as a real-life Mayberry, the fictional small town that appears in the Andy Griffith show. This was also a very large home, with six bedrooms and four bathrooms contained in its 3,920 square feet. Derek was not from the area, growing up in Maine in a working-class family, but he had found success as a senior vice president of a Manhattan insurance company so the Broadduses were fairly well off, and John and Andrea Woods were the previous owners of the property. The Watcher is the individual who wrote the threatening letters and the one who claimed ownership to the home, and on or about the week of May 26, 2014, John and Andrea Woods received a letter from the Watcher, who noted that there would be a new family moving into the home, claiming that they were the rightful owner. The Broadus family received their first letter from the Watcher on June 5th of 2014, only three days after the closing of the sale on the home, and the Watcher had dated the letter June 4th. The quotes that I am providing from the letters are those that are listed in the court documents from the Broadus family's lawsuit, and all are sentences from the exact letters that were sent to the home. These letters were typed and addressed to, quote, the new owner, end quote, arriving in white card-sized envelopes. The letter stated the home, quote, has been the subject of my family for decades. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Why are you here? I will find out. Now that they have it to flaunt it, they pay the price. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. I asked the woods to bring me young blood, end quote. Notably, the house was built in 1905, so the early 20th century references in this letter are especially concerning. The family was alarmed after receiving this first letter, and they reached out to the previous owners to ask them about it. The woods admitted that they had received a letter from the watcher as well, but only one in the 23 years that they owned the home, and since it happened only days before the house was sold, they disregarded it without concern. After this conversation, the two families went to the police together to report what had happened, 
and they were instructed to stay quiet about the matter since all of the neighbors were immediately considered suspects. They also told the family to move any construction equipment that was outside the house in case the watcher tried to throw any of it through a window. The Broadus family received two additional letters, the first dated on or about June 18, 2014, and the second dated July 18, 2014, and at this point they had not yet moved into the home. These letters contained the same sort of odd language, quote, Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. Have you found all of the secrets it holds? Will the young bloods play in the basement? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom, then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house, end quote. It was these two subsequent letters in which this person named themselves as the Watcher, quote, Who am I? I am the Watcher and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. You have changed it and made it so fancy. It cries for the past and what used to be in the time when I roamed its halls, when I ran from room to room imagining life with the rich occupants there. And now I watch and wait for the day when they young blood will be mine again. Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Stop changing it and let it alone. End quote. The second letter was particularly disturbing because it included such information as the family's surname, even though it was misspelled, their children's birth order, and their children's nicknames. It also mentioned a specific time while their daughter had been painting in an enclosed porch space, asking, quote, is she the artist in the family, end quote. Because of this, the couple decided to no longer bring their children to the house out of fear for their safety, and because they still couldn't rule out any of their neighbors as suspects. Once receiving these letters, the Broadus family were understandably terrified and consumed by stress and fear about what the Watcher could have done or been capable of. Particularly, they were worried about the safety of their children, who were referenced constantly in the letters. The family decided that they could not move into the home without being afraid for their children's safety and well-being, even though they had already moved all of their possessions into it. The police did investigate, but they couldn't come up with any useful leads, which caused further stress for the family. Desperate for answers, the Broadduses reached out to several former FBI agents, including Robert Lenahan, who did a threat assessment on the letters. His analysis showed that the writer was probably an older person, and this was determined based on the vocabulary used and their habit of double-spacing after a period. He concluded that the letter didn't seem to be a threat, however, the erratic thoughts displayed in the letters could suggest unpredictability. They also hired Kroll, a security firm, in the hopes of finding a handwriting match with no success. A linguist named Robert Leonard was also employed by the family to look through local forums to try and discern language patterns that resembled the letters, also with no answers coming from this. As a result of these incidents and the toll that they took on the family, Derek experienced depression and Maria developed PTSD, with both of them suffering from paranoia as well. They decided to try and sell the home six months after the letters arrived, with Maria explaining this saying, quote, At the end of the day, it came down to, what are you willing to risk? We weren't going to put our kids in harm's way, end quote. 
They were unsuccessful on the housing market, considering that rumors about the house had become extremely widespread. Having trouble selling the house, the Broadduses considered selling it to a developer in 2016 who would tear the home down and split the property into two separate plots. However, they quickly discovered that this wasn't possible as each plot would be only three feet too small for the mandated size of the neighborhood. There were families in the neighborhood who were adamant about not splitting the property and who expressed a pretty high level of anger over the idea. And interestingly, around Christmas of 2015, these families received threatening letters that were signed, quote, friends of the Broaddus family, end quote. In the spring of 2016, the Broadduses finally found a family who was willing to rent the home from them under the condition that they could immediately leave if another letter arrived. Within two weeks, the house received a letter addressed to, quote, the vile and spiteful Derek and his wrench of a wife, Maria, end quote. This letter read, quote, 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you fell sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break, you are despised by the house, and the watcher won. End quote. This terrified the tenants, however, they did agree to remain in the house as long as more security cameras were installed, which they were. Despite the minimal leads that police have in regard to this case, there are several theories that have emerged. Firstly, that the watcher is an anonymous individual who was referred to only as the gamer. While Westfield police were surveilling the home one night at around 11 p.m., a car stopped in front of the house. The car was traced back to a young woman who lived in a nearby town, and her boyfriend lived on the same block of the Broaddus home. When she was questioned by police, this woman told them her boyfriend played some dark video games, possibly including a game where he played a character who was known as the Watcher. The gamer did agree to be questioned by police, but never actually showed up to these interviews, and the police didn't have enough evidence to force him to come, so this lead dried up very quickly. Another theory is that the watcher was Michael Langford, a neighbor of the Broaddus family. This theory was suggested by Derek Broaddus himself, who became suspicious of Langford after a neighborhood barbecue, which was shortly after the arrival of the first letter. Langford lived next door with his 90-year-old mother, and he had been in the neighborhood since the 1960s, which is the same time that the watcher claimed his father had been watching the house. Apparently, Langford's father had died about 12 years before the Broadduses bought the home, which could explain why the Watcher said they had been watching for the better part of two decades. Langford was known to scare the neighbors with his odd behavior, including walking through backyards and looking into windows. He had been diagnosed with schizophrenia, which could help explain some of the odd behavior. However, this would still be extremely unsettling to see. Due to the way the houses were built, Langford would have been able to see into the porch space that the daughter was in while she was painting, which was mentioned in one of the letters. Police did question Langford after the first letter, but he denied knowing anything, and many have cited the timing of this as important, thinking it would have been stupid of him to continue sending letters after he had been interviewed by police. 
There was DNA discovered on one of the letters that was found to belong to a woman, and the police started to consider Langford's sister, Abby, but this was tested and she was found not to be a match. Oddly enough, after this DNA test was done, police stopped investigating the Langfords immediately and dropped them as suspects with no explanation. The final theory is that the Watcher was a character fabricated by the Broadus family. Some people find it suspicious that the Broaduses were able to move from a $315,000 house to a $770,000 house, then to the $1.3 million Boulevard home. These locals have theorized that they were experiencing buyer's remorse and were in financial trouble looking for a way out. Many people have also wondered why the family kept renovating the home after deciding that they weren't going to move into it. Others have claimed that because major movie studios were attempting to secure their rights to these stories, the family had created the character to capitalize on those opportunities there are a couple of issues with this in particular, mostly because selling rights to the story seems like a huge risk, especially since the family didn't have any filmmaking connections and would have no way to predict whether or not the story would actually ever get noticed. Additionally, they later attempted to stop the release of the movie based on their story in 2016. The threatening letters that were signed Friends of the Broadus Family were actually written by Derek Broadus. He claims that he sent them after years of frustration and that he had not written the original letters, but this was still suspicious. Those who disagree with this theory have cited the family's psychological trauma experienced as a result of these letters. And this is paired with the fact that at the same time the first letter was sent, another family down the street at 633 Boulevard had received a letter as well. This family had lived in their home for years without having any problems, so they had just decided to throw the letter away and disregard it. As mentioned, Derek and Maria Broadus did bring a suit against the Woods family in 2015 on the grounds of their, quote, fraudulent, avaricious, intentional, and negligent concealment and misrepresentation of material facts regarding the single-family dream home, end quote. Essentially, what this means is that they were claiming that the Woods failed to disclose that they had received letters from the Watcher, Quote, defendants knew or should have known they would lose the deal upon any disclosure of the watcher letter and knowingly elected to pursue the $1,355,657 sale rather than lose out on the sale to the plaintiffs, end quote. The lawsuit charged the Woods with nine different counts, including violation of the New Jersey Consumer Fraud Act, common law fraudulent concealment, common law fraud, equitable fraud, breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing, intentional infliction of emotional distress, negligent infliction of emotional distress, tortious interference with prospective economic advantage, and unmarketable title. The court documents heavily emphasize the Woods' deliberate deception during the sale process and the fact that they misrepresented the experience of living in the home. And the Broadus family suffered many losses as a result of the sale, including the reduction in the market price of the home once the watcher's presence was revealed, the expenses incurred from the mortgage, taxes, and home insurance, and their legal fees in seeking compensation for the Woods' statutory fraud. Despite all of this, the judge did throw out the lawsuit, finding no evidence that the Woods had intentionally hidden the letter, and no evidence that the watcher was a genuine safety threat. 
This judge also said it could set an unreasonable precedent for what sellers are required to disclose, and the lawsuit did attract a lot of media attention, and the house became the subject of a sort of media frenzy during it. In October of 2016, a horror movie called The Watcher was released by Lifetime, despite a cease-and-desist order from the Broadduses, and Netflix won the rights to this story in 2018. As for the house itself today, in July of 2019, 657 Boulevard was sold for approximately $959,000. This is about $400,000 less than the Broadduses bought it for, and so far the new owners have not reported receiving any letters from the watcher. The house is described as, quote, stunning, one-of-a-kind, turn-of-the-century colonial, with a dramatic wraparound front porch, with impressive curb appeal and a picturesque street, end quote. Interestingly, the home is also described as being 100% less expensive than nearby properties. With a case such as this, which receives so much media attention, it is hard to pinpoint a theory to cite as the most likely. It is understandable that the Broadus family themselves would come under suspicion, however, personally, the fact that they immediately started renovating and the amount of time and money they spent on investigative resources are evidence enough that they weren't involved. Michael Langford is an interesting character to consider as well, and his odd behavior with other neighbors does draw eyes. However, I assume that there were parts of the investigation that the police kept private from the news when they cleared him as a suspect, so in my opinion the most likely culprit is this gamer character. His neglect of the police interview is suspicious enough in itself, and it seems like an innocent person would rather have their name cleared in the investigation than to remain a subject of interest. However, it is always possible that the gamer was an innocent person trying to avoid the media interest, and that the real watcher is still out there somewhere in the shadows. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Crime Bistro podcast, and if you're interested in learning more about the eerie case of The Watcher, all of the sources are listed in the show notes at crimebistro.com. If you have a theory of your own to share, feel free to head over and visit the podcast on YouTube or on Instagram at Crime Bistro Podcast to leave a comment and see some behind-the-scenes updates on the episodes to come. With that, this story is coming to a close, so thanks again, and as always, until next time.